Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats. Happy Friday, happy November, happy less than one month until Thanksgiving, happy fall. It's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. Just, yeah, there's a lot of things going on right now, and I feel like it's just such a happy time of year. I don't know, one of my favorite times of the year. Um, I feel like I feel like that's kind of across the board. Everyone feels that way about Thanksgiving and this kind of time in the fall leading up to the Christmas season too. It's just lots to be happy and grateful for. I agree. Including this new episode today. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely about this new episode today. <laughs> highest highest thing to be grateful for on the list. But um, anyways, so for today's episode, number 74, we're going to be talking about a variety of different hospitality and event industry news stories and just some interesting topics that we found to be noteworthy for this time of the year and to the industry in general right now. So- yep. Hopefully you haven't heard these ones. Maybe you have, but regardless, um, let us know what you think by sending us a message to our email, which we'll link in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, super excited. Let's go episode 74. <laughs> Woohoo! And I'm starting um, with the first thing today and it's not cocktails. <laughs> yeah, that's our, that's our go-to transition. Yeah. It's usually me talking about cocktails, um, but it's not cocktails this time. It is service fees. So this topic comes from us, um, comes to us from a, a Vox article, and it's called "Where Do Restaurant Service Fees Really Go?" So if you eat out often, like I do, and I'm sure like Rachel does, um, you've probably noticed a rise in automatic service fee charges on your final tab. So these normally range, I'd say, anywhere from like five to twenty percent, and a lot of people just assume that they're an additional tip for the wait staff, but as I've had to explain to my friends and family several times, even in like just like the past like six months, um, you should never assume that that is the case because a lot of times it's not. So to start, let's talk about the rise of service fees in general in restaurants. We're used to seeing like ridiculous service charges added to like bills for concerts or like online food orders, right? Like I feel like the last time I ordered concert tickets, the tickets were like $120 each. And then my final, my final bill was like $500. And I was like, what? <laughs> How did that crazy. happen? It is. It is. That's crazy. I don't know where those go. So don't ask me about those. But like, and also, like I said, online food orders, you always see a service fee. I don't, I honestly don't know where those go. I'm assuming it's to pay for the delivery charges. That's, that would be what my guess is. But on full service restaurant builds, it's kind of a new concept. And most time, I think most times recently, you can blame the service fee, uh, fee charges on like back getting like hit back, back to back, like, like bad things happening to the restaurant industry. Um, and it's really like back to back to back to back. <laughs> and it's still kind of happening. So since the start of the pandemic in 2020, obviously, so service fees added to bills to pay for like employees wages healthcare, like their time off during the pandemic, um, or really just to keep the lights on in some cases. But I think even more recently, there's been a spike in hidden fees. And actually, the article says that the spike has been so high that Google reported 
um, seeing a spike in people searching for definitions of service charges. So like you're in a restaurant and you're like, what is this? Let me Google it. Um, but you can't trust Google because it's not the same in every restaurant. Basically state to state, I actually don't know what the law is in Massachusetts and I feel like I should, but service fees differ state to state, right? So for instance, in New York, um, they have to go to the service staff unless it's like stated clearly on the bill. In Florida, restaurants can use the fees for literally anything they are. It's a wild, it's like literally, it's the wild <laughs> south. Well, not the wild west. It's the wild south in Florida. Anything goes. And in California, the fees actually belong to the restaurant itself. Although many restaurants like pass the money on to their staff. Um, so I've personally seen service fees go to the wait staff as added tips to back of the house workers like chefs and um, dishwashers who definitely play an active role in your meal service, but don't normally get tips. And I've heard it being used for employee benefits and sick leave, like I just mentioned. And then also I've seen it being kept by restaurant owners. And some cases, like the owners are using it for um, like, like there's, you would be probably like, I don't even know, like I'm I'm still shocked at how much um, credit card companies charge restaurants for using credit cards in their restaurant, Um, which is just so crazy. I like, I have, I could, I could talk for an entire episode on that. That should be illegal. But sometimes these fees are to pay for credit card um, fee to credit card charge fees. And then in other times they're like, they're still like back paying for all of like, like the restaurants who use like Grubhub and Uber Eats and got charged like 30% on every order that, you know, came through, they're still paying for those. So sometimes yeah. the service fees, and, and other times you have no idea where they're going and it could just be going to the owners and that's it. And I hate to say that, but it does happen. And honestly, in my opinion, as long as it's going to someone who actually needs it, then I'm totally fine with it. But I also understand that like, we're in a world where we're, we're this article stated that we're already paying 9% more than we were last year at this time to go out to eat. And it's rising still. And, you know, to then look at the bill and be like, okay, they added 20% service charge. And now I have to tip on top of that because I don't know where this money's actually going is kind of ridiculous. So if you want to put it, or you need to put a service charge, my suggestion is to be transparent about where that money's going. I don't think anyone's going to mind if you put on the bill, like this is where this money's going. And then that way you're not screwing over your wait staff because in a lot of cases, the money isn't going to the wait staff, but people assume that and then they tip less. And that's not fair because let's be honest, like tipping in the United States is like a broken, it's a broken system to begin with. Right. Because Restaurant workers make like $2 and what, like, like 10 or 13 or 23. I forget. I think it's, I think it's $2 and 13 cents an hour in the United States. And then this, so all of their money is tips, but then they, they're also taxed on those tips, which is hard because you're taking home cash. And then you have to remember to like put some of that away for taxes. And it's just a tough industry to survive in. So you know, don't screw over your, your servers or wait staff. If the, if the service fees are, are for something else, just say what they're for, you know, or even have your wait staff be trained to tell people what they're for. So they know what they're right, for. Right. I have a question. And from, yeah. so I think what you said earlier about how it's super interesting, how state by state there can be used for completely different things. Can you assume in like 
California that it's always going to be used no matter what restaurant you're at for a similar type of thing. And like same with Florida, like what you had said for Florida, that it can be like free game, but then California, they're more likely going to the staff. Do you think it's a safe bet to think that at most California restaurants, that's how it's being used or only a select few? <laughs> I think you can never just assume because I feel like, I think, I think what this article was saying was that like, in California, it's more known that the money is going to the wait staff. And I don't know if that's because they're just assuming right. or because it's on, it's on like the bit, like they're more transparent about it. Whereas people in Florida are just like charging 20% and not telling you where the money's going. Right. And they also have no like rules on it in Florida. Like the money can go anywhere. I mean, they could just be like throwing it out the window. No one knows who cares. Um, so I don't know. And I, I think, I just think it's really, it's unfair. And I'm pretty sure Massachusetts has strict laws and I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but it's only because I know in Massachusetts, you cannot, you can only add 18% gratuity onto a bill. If there's a party of eight or more people, like you're not allowed mm -hmm. to otherwise. So if you go to a restaurant and they add gratuity automatically, like unless there's eight or more people in your group, that's illegal. Um, and you know, I've worked in restaurants where I saw people get like servers would do it because they were afraid they had like a table of tourists. Right. And they were afraid that they wouldn't get tipped, but there was only seven people at the table and then they get in trouble for it. So I feel like Massachusetts has pretty strict laws on all things, service charges and wait, you know, that sort of thing. But I think a lot of other States, it's like, it's either unknown or it's, or it's just a free for all. So right. I would never assume that's why I think it's really important. And like I said, there's a lot of good reasons to collect service. There's a lot of good reasons, but you need to be transparent about why you're doing it because it's, it is frustrating. Like I go out to eat with my parents and my dad, he's quick to be like, well, there's 15% service charge. So I'm only going to leave her 5% or I'm only going to leave him 5%. And I'm like, that's not, you don't know where that money's going. You don't know that, you know? So I feel like New Hampshire, because now that I live in New Hampshire, I feel like New Hampshire has less stringent laws because you see service charges a lot here, like a ton, and you don't know where they're going normally. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting debate. Um, I just think you need to be transparent about the money. Like I'm the type of person and you can't assume that like, because I mean the service industry, right? It's, I tip 20% all the time, mm -hmm. all the yeah. time, no matter what, like worst service ever, I'm still tipping 20% because in my mind, you, they could be having a crappy day. Like, unless they're like rude or it's like, you know, I don't know. Like I'm sure there's instances I've never had an instance that bad where I didn't, but like, it's, I always have that feeling where like, Oh, you know, she messed up like four things, but like, maybe she's having, we don't know what she's going through. And like, this is a tough job. So I always tip 20%, but there are people who always tip 5%. Like they exist, right? So That's crazy. I know it's sad and it's kind of gross, but in my mind, I'm, if you can't afford to tip a server at a restaurant or a bartender, then don't go out to eat <laughs> yeah. or go to a place where you don't have to tip servers because it's like a pick up at the counter type situation. Um, I don't know. I mean, I tip like 20% Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy, but I don't know. I, I think this is an interesting topic. And I, I think it, it will be, I think a lot of, I I'm pretty sure, I don't know this for a fact, but I think that like Joe Biden's administration is working on getting rid of like unnecessary charges on things. I don't know if restaurants are included in that, but I think right. like what I just said about concert tickets and stuff like that, I think that they are, they're trying to regulate more so that like, you can't just throw on a charge and not, I mean, in, you know, we've talked about this 
triple seat, when I worked support in triple seat, it was a topic, like a hot topic because when you're working, when triple C creates like an invoice for your event automatically, some restaurants charge admin fee, service fee, regular tax, like food tax, liquor tax, um, event, private event tax. Like every state is in city is different. And, um, sometimes those service charges are taxed. Sometimes they're not taxed. Like there's so many different ways that people can build out, you know, their, um, their like bill calculators at the end. And it's, um, it's interesting how different each state and the, you know, it's usually it's something that like an event manager can just delete if they want to. I remember yeah. when that was a feature when like um, being able to just delete an admin fee off your bill was like uh, in triple seat as a user was new because we would add all of your, like, you know, your taxes and all that stuff at the beginning of your setup. And in the beginning we were like, well, if that's the way it works in New York city, then that's the way it works in New York city. And you're not allowed to change it, but that's not the case. So we had to make them adjustable and also like you could delete them and stuff. So a lot has changed, I think in the past five years alone. And I think it's changing more quickly now. So we'll see. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? Oh, well, like I think, I think that the Google stat is super interesting because now it's becoming really more, people are more aware of it now and like noticing and being like, wait, actually, what the heck is that? And probably a lot of, because of just the economy and inflation right now. And so you're getting the final bill and you're like, wait, hold on. This was actually more expensive than I thought it would be. Right. Um, but yeah, I've definitely seen all like looking at a bill. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't really know where this is going to. But then I'm like in your same mindset. I'm never assuming that it's going to the server. I'm always I'm always going to still tip like the normal 20% on top of it, even though it's kind of just like, oh, this kind of like sucks. It's a little bit more expensive than I thought it would be. But that doesn't like change how I end up doing the final tip. I mean, in your, like, especially in a city like New York, right? You're going out to dinner and like you and your friends could like have a $500 bill for dinner. And then there's 20% service fee added on top of that 500. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. That's yeah. like no, you know, it's not a small amount of money. So I don't know. I, part of me also thinks like, I know that this has also been a debate where like a service, like a 20% service fee is added on by law to all tabs. So then mm -hmm. that is the tip. So like, instead of, you know, but then I'm like, well, then why don't we just pay service m more money? Like right. why did it? So why, cause if it's all taxed in the end, like mm -hmm. then why are we skimping on like their minimum right. pay? It, right. I, I just think, I honestly think there should not be a tipped and like, like you can like restaurant servers and bartenders should make $7 an hour, right? Like average American min, I think that's what like seven sixty an hour or something like that. And then I don't know. I don't know. But then when people tip less and then they're making like a crappy amount of money. Um, but anyways, I could talk about this all day. So I'll it's stop. interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. And I'm, I'm curious, obviously, if you're listening to this, let us know what you think. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe we can have an expert on to cover it as well. But yeah, super, super interesting topic for sure. Especially as we continue to like watch how the economy changes and like if yeah. this changes with that too. In like holiday events. I mean, events mm -hmm. are like, you know, are very like frequent now. So like, even if you're like holding a holiday party for like your company or like a personal one, like how do you tip on events too? It's, right. it's all, I don't know. It's all very interesting, but stay tuned. We'll, we'll see stay how tuned. it continues to evolve. So, okay. The next article for discussion um, is from the Skift blog and it's called 30 ways that companies can give back through events. And so this article actually came out over the summer in July 
And it was kind of around the idea of how a lot of people were returning back to the office, like corporate companies were going back into the office kind of at the end of the summertime and how um, like looking to prioritize that corporate social and responsibility and like initiatives behind that tied in with returning to office was really relevant at the time. But now as we're going into the holiday season, I think this article is also just as important because it's a great time to be giving back and thinking about how you can be prioritizing give back initiatives in your local community um, and like aligning it with your company values as a whole. So if you are like a corporate planner for a corporate company or you have any involvement within like internal company events that often you're like looking to pair with different give back organizations and this article has a bunch of great ideas. Um, so first of all, like giving back is a great thing and especially during this time of year, um, and I think, like I said a, a second ago, how it's super important today, even more than ever, like 2022 company or employees are looking to their employers to uphold that corporate social responsibility and especially around the holiday holiday season. So a couple ideas that stood out to me the most, and I think like within Triple C too, some of these would be super fun, even tying in, in around like corporate events like when you do the holiday party event um like some of these things are in person and you could like plan it around a holiday party or you could do some of these things remote or maybe like if you have different employees across the country kind of setting it up in different areas based on um geographical location i thought that was interesting too so the first one was creating a mural and so this like idea kind of ties in with art um, and it has a lasting positive contribution to the community and the neighborhood. And this company specifically mentioned in the article was called Urban Works. And they're based in Seattle, but I, I think that they can do in like across the, the country as well. But they will design a mural for you based on your company values, a specific message behind your company, or work with your employees like during the planning process to like, so it's, you know, start to finish the employees are involved and tie in what's important um, based on their employee input as well. And then this company, Urban Works, they'll paint the outline of the mural and then the employees work together and paint it with the paint by numbers fashion, which we did talk about last week, a vendor called um, Paintilio that we said is like a similar idea. But now this is like another kind of version of that. And Urban Works, it sounds like it's a little bit more like from start to finish, the employees are involved with that, like give back initiative as well. Um, so I thought that was super fun. Could be like something you tie into like, like triple C headquarters, something in the town or something like that was what yeah. came to mind for us. Um, so I thought that one was fun. And then the next one that I saw was go green racing. And so this was a creative and competitive team building activity that is set up through the group impact for good. And this give back initiative is around sustainability, recycling and working with your local schools which I feel like obviously really relevant, especially with all the kids that many of your employees probably could have. Um, and so for this activity, your company was broken into different teams. And then the teams are using recycled household products to create solar powered toy cars. And so the specific supplies for building the cars is provided by this impact for good program, but it's all using recycled materials. And the teams um, will then race their cars in a single el elimination tournament um, and then at the end, the teams will assemble different solar car kits that are then donated to local schools along with like a fun little handwritten note. Um, so I thought that was super fun. It reminded me of like in middle school, we did this thing called egg extravaganza where we would all have like an egg and you would have to use recycled materials to like draw. It was like an egg drop. 
And so you would have to make, you would use like toilet paper rolls and like paper, to, like all this recycled material, newspaper to see if you could like protect the egg from when it drops and not breaking. Um, so I thought that was fun. Like, I, I feel like I've never participated in anything like this through like a, a work setting, but I thought that was fun. A little friendly competition and also having that give back initiative. And then a third one was called the Food Bank Showdown. And this one actually might be my favorite. And I liked it as well because it kind of ties in with the hospitality industry, working with food and groceries. So um, this one is based on the TV show, The Price is Right. And so it requires participants to be in different teams. And then they go through a series of challenges that then earn them coupons as they continue to play and participate. So the company that runs this, they set up the challenges for you. And so the challenges are related in some way to the grocery industry, like your knowledge of grocery food staples, like different trivia questions. And I think they can also be like customized to like your local community and what's relevant there. Um, and other like grocery themed challenge stations, like pretending to like check out your groceries at self-checkout as fast as you can, that sort of fun thing. And so then in the end, the winning team gets to go through like a mock grocery store and like use their coupons that they have to fill bags with groceries. And then they donate those groceries like for real to local families in your community. Um, so I thought that one was super fun. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know. So that was a fun thing. And then there's just like so many other different ideas in this article that you guys can read further, but they get involved with a ton of different organizations. And then they have some sort of element of like art or sports or like building um, and so on. So super fun to get that involved with your company if possible, or even like maybe you could be working with one of these vendors as a venue and say like, oh, we offer this sort of give back initiative for our corporate event program around the holiday season. Um, so yeah, super fun. I like those. Those are all good ideas. Very, um, like very creative and different. I know. I know. Stuff that we've seen. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving next. Yay. <laughs> I'm very, um, I know like, so we're recording at the beginning of the week this week, actually, because we had a lot going on at the end of the week. So it's actually Monday and it's also Halloween. <laughs> That's but so my mind, my mind is already in Thanksgiving and Christmas because our town trick or treats and like on the Sunday before, so we did it yesterday. Um, and by the way, I live in one of those towns where like they close down the streets and like I made shots for all the adults and we have a party and it's like it's crazy. So um, shout out to um, my hometown Halloween, but. <laughs> but Halloween but, is over for yeah, you now. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. I promised the kids tonight we could watch um Halloween movies and um and like they could eat their candy but like I was like but mom is already in Thanksgiving mode so <laughs> sorry kids but it, it's literally just a few weeks away and I mean I usually I'm one of those crazy people who decorates a Christmas before Thanksgiving oh god hmm? <laughs> oh so maybe god. on like a very near future episode of two chicks receipts my house will be decked out for Christmas you're welcome um <laughs> But this article is um, by Food Dressing, and it's um, Thanksgiving in New York City 2022, and dinner, turkey to go, restaurants, all this stuff about, you know, about Thanksgiving in New York City and all of your choices that are out there. Um, and, you know, this is about New York City specifically, but obviously every town and city probably has options like these that you can look up, or you can copy these things if you work in the restaurant industry and do them at your own venue. So we want to shout out, you know, this specific post um, that covers offers from well-known New York City restaurants, 
Some of them are customers. So, you know, exciting. Um, first is Carmine's. So Carmine's, which have you been to Carmine's yet? I haven't, but I, I know everything about it. Like, I know it's classic. So good. Um, so they're offering a special family style Thanksgiving menu um, and it's available for dine-in, takeout or delivery. So that's great. And that includes an 18 pound roast turkey, which is actually pretty significant. Like that's I feel big. like I bought a 22 pounder for like my entire, I mean, we have like extended family over, but like that's a big turkey. Um, but it also, it has a sausage and sage stuffing, which I'm a huge fan of sausage. Uh, I can't say sausage. What is wrong? Well, with that me? was kind of a, that was a little alliteration. Those three S's in a row. Sausage and sage stuffing. Wow. I also have not had enough coffee and it is, it is, we are not used to recording this early in the morning, by the way. So <laughs> that's my other excuse. But along with the sausage and sage stuffing comes sides, sides, <laughs> let's say more S's. <laughs> Like um, Brussels sprouts, caramelized onions, applewood smoked bacon. That's awesome. Uh, sauteed string beans, julienne red peppers and toasted hazelnuts. Oh my God, I'm hungry. Baby carrots with fresh dill, sweet potatoes topped with marshmallows and maple syrup. It's like dessert, but like for dinner mm-hmm. and mashed potatoes, obviously with gravy. Um, so the meal serves about six to eight people and it's only $349. And I say only because... I swear to God, I spent a thousand dollars on meal prep for Thanksgiving. So this is a good deal. And it also comes with car. Well, for an additional $25 each, you can get their homemade pumpkin and apple pies. So pretty amazing. I would, I would, if you're in the New York city area, highly recommend. I'm sure it's delicious. Um, another one is Porter house bar and grill and Porter house bar and grill is offering a three course prefix menu for $145 for adults and $60 for children under 10, which is great because my kids eat nothing, but you know, you'd like to include them. So the Porterhouse will be celebrating Thanksgiving on November 24th from 1 PM to 6 PM. Um, and for those of you who've never been there, they're right in Columbus circle. They have gorgeous views there and, um, their prefix menu includes dishes like Maine lobster bisque, roasted Lancaster County, Turkey and pumpkin cheese along with other things. So that sounds delicious as well. I'm like starving right now and I just ate breakfast. Um, so (laughs) another one is Clement and Clement is offering a Thanksgiving buffet for $255 per person. So a little more pricey. I'm sure it's amazing buffet food though. I'm sure it's not like, you know, your typical buffet (laughs) and they have kid and adult style options, um, with Thanksgiving staples. And they also have a nice little added live jazz musicians. Um, and I think it's kind of unique to be buffet style and Thanksgiving. I mean, most Thanksgivings are family style, but also buffet because you just like go up and get more food anyway, instead of passing. So sort of buffet every year, but, um, uh, the last one, which is much different than the others is 11 Madison park. And you know that we've talked about 11 Madison park several times on the pod and they're now plant-based completely plant-based. So they're doing a plant-based, um, Thanksgiving feast that is, in true 11 Madison Park style, $335 per person. <laughs> it is five courses. There's no meat, no cheese, no dairy, no anything like that. We were trying to find this year's menu, but we couldn't because it's nowhere online yet. But I did some digging and I did find last year's menu, which sounded amazing. And instead of turkey, they did like a stuffed, like a huge stuffed squash. And then they had like amazing sides, like Brussels sprouts and like gratin vegetables, but it's not actually gotten because it's not dairy. So it's probably made with some 
you know, delicious nut cheeses or something. I'm definitely not giving it justice. You should look up their 2021 menu online and look at the pictures because it looks absolutely amazing. And again, it's pricey, but it's 11 Medicine Park. So, you know, I mean, you, you get the, you choosing to go to 11 Medicine Park on a holiday, you're yeah. going to pay. <laughs> Um, but it's just overall interesting to see the different ways that um, restaurants celebrate Thanksgiving and what they're offering their guests. And it's not always the classic turkey with stuffing and staples. You know, there's all different ways that you can do it at your restaurant. And yeah, I mean, I understand that Thanksgiving, you can do it one way and do Thanksgiving, like offer Thanksgiving dinner to go or like beforehand. So your staff doesn't have to work on Thanksgiving. Um, but you know, in a lot of, especially in major cities, there are a lot of restaurant workers who don't like go home for Thanksgiving. So there, sometimes people like I worked with a ton of people in my day that like just sat at home and like got takeout on Thanksgiving or Chinese food or something because, you know, they didn't have family around. Um, so it's not a bad idea. If, if you have people like that in your restaurant, it's not a bad idea to stay open and try to make some more money. Um, but now is the time to plan and to get your promotions out into the world because, um, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, people. <laughs> I have already ordered my turkey. So oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they sell out. There's a turkey shortage this year. <laughs> oh, I feel like there is every single year. Every year. Like every year since we've, like, I swear the last three years, at least, there's been a turkey sh- shortage. Not, and not just like, not starting in 2020, like 2019, there was like a big turkey shortage. And then like the pandemic and yeah. So I ordered mine early just in case to make sure I get my hands on one. <laughs> I'm literally so excited. So we're now like from today, it's like 24 days away, essentially. And I'm, wow. I cannot that, wait. That makes so me nervous. You really like Thanksgiving, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. And I, I haven't, and I haven't been home since I moved. So it's like, I guess it'll oh, be nice, nice to be home for a little bit around the holidays. So, and then you're going back for Christmas, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just the best time of year, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so then the last article looks ahead to the next set of holidays, um, and that is like the Christmas holiday season. So this article is a Biz, Biz Bash article called 12 Food, Beverage, and Decor Ideas for Corporate Holiday Parties. So you have some of like your ideas for your your corporate give back initiatives that you can tie in. But now we're going to talk about specifically the party element. And so event planners are in full planning mode. I know we know our corporate event manager is planning our holiday party right now in the midst of it. And then venues are also in the midst of doing all their planning, getting their calendar set up and finalizing details for their holiday events that they'll be hosting. And so everyone wants something fun and unique and never before seen. We're always looking to think outside the box, get themes going. So this article had some really cute ideas that I thought were really fun. So the first one is balloon and paper installations. So this is kind of like for the decor vibes that you're thinking. And so this company that was specifically called out is called Balloon and Paper. And they're in Los Angeles and they create the larger than life balloon displays for celebrity clients like Khloe Kardashian, Chrissy Teigen, Jessica Simpson, and others like that. So I think when you think of any celebrity like event in general, like whether it be like a baby shower, birthday party, you think of like these insane displays of balloons and decor and stuff like that. So this is kind of essentially what that looks like. Um, I feel like I'm sure Kate, you've, you've seen like all the, the craziness that, well, how the Kardashians do their children's birthday parties, but oh, same. I'm, I'm, a lot of waste too, just throwing it out. 
very wasteful. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of the photos that this balloon and paper um, company, it's a woman and minority owned party design company. So want to shout them out there. That one was really pretty, in my opinion. Then another idea was using gingerbread houses as decor for like the tablescape. And so I thought this one was super cute. They look like they're real, <laughs> but they're so rock, paper, coin was the company that found it that does this um so yeah they, they like line up the tablescape add like other greenery and other little touches to it so i think this is pretty for like a seated dinner could be even on, on a small scale it's just really elegant and classy and i i haven't seen that before but i love a, a beautiful tablescape gorgeous then there's this espresso martinis um experience activation looking situation by abigail kirsch and so this is a New York based company. And so it's a visual active activation where the martini is infused in real time with citrus as it passes through this essentially like drip tower. Yeah. Okay. Blood orange espresso martini topped with vanilla bean foam. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so this is something we're still in the height okay. of the espresso martini moment. So if you're uh -huh. trying to go like all out on this situation, then and, and if you're in New York City, then this is a super cool activation that you could be adding to your event. Sounds um, amazing. I'm making looks, I'm making yeah. that happening. Yes. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um there's a couple other like really elegant cocktail situations in here as well. Um, another one that stood out to me was a mozzarella bar. Ooh. So this was events by RHC, which is in, um, Chelsea square in New York city. And so like they have all these different sides that would go along with mozzarella. So there's like literally mozzarella balls. And then you go through the, the station, essentially like buffet style and kind of create your own mozzarella situation, um, with like the different ways that they have mozzarella being served. It looks okay. like they haven't been like mozzarella like in bread and sticks like and then obviously in like the big cheese form too so that's kind of fun and I who doesn't love um a mozzarella situation love mozzarella <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> um so yeah and then this other one I thought was super cool it's called the sniff and sip bar with fresh herbs and so this is based in Brooklyn it's called tin can studios and it's a floral installation for a St. Germain event using mint and rosemary that bartenders could literally like snip off of the flower, like setup that's at the bar um, and add it into their drinks. So like in real time, they're like interacting with this big that's floral cool. display. So that was, that was kind yeah, of fun. St. Germain goes really well with like herbal additions. Yeah. So that is yum. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then one final one, just going on like this Nordic inspired tablescape which was in collaboration with Michelin star awarded chef Frederick Bursulis. Um, also with Tin Can Studios mentioned above, they created this like stunning holiday tablescape um, for an event at their restaurant. Um, and the idea was to bring guests on a journey through the Swedish woods. But I just think it's like super, super unique looking. Um, also stunning. So I think I mean, I've, so many people are like DIYing their tablescapes this year. So just looking at any of these photos in this article, also Pinterest, there's tons of things around this time of year, which are super fun, but just kind of adding that extra element of like wintry and just different unique ways that you can be using your decor to to spice up your tablescape or just like decor as a whole at your, your party. So 
Super fun. And yeah, we're excited for Thanksgiving. And now we're also excited for our holiday <laughs> party. <laughs> and now it's Christmas. It's literally going to be 70 degrees here this week. So <laughs> so we're all just confused. <laughs> it's a very confusing time for me, but I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm hungry and I want to drink. So great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So great way to start our Monday morning at 1130 a.m. <laughs> Which doesn't sound that early, but for podcast recording. Yeah. <laughs> But we hope that some of these ideas inspire you as you're making your way through this fall season. And yeah, we're excited to see like on social media what our customers are doing and we'll continue like shouting it out where we can. But yeah, send us an email to our email, which is in the show notes and let us know your thoughts on anything we talked about today or other ideas that you're hosting yourselves this upcoming season. So yeah, get ready for some more holiday themed episodes coming at you. <laughs> we love the holidays. We're in the we spirit. We're here for it. <laughs> Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats, your events industry podcast brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader for event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at triple seat.com.